If you need mustard for that corned beef you're making, get Colleen's Irish Mustard. Colleen's Irish Mustard unites mustard haters and mustard lovers from around the world. Currently, Colleen's Irish Mustard has three flavors in mild, regular, and spicy. For more information on Colleen's Irish Mustard, visit www.irishmustard.com. everybody welcome to this week's edition of the 100 sports podcast i'm your host ryan glinsky and my partner alongside me today nathan sabo how are you doing i'm doing great i'm even doing more great because this episode's a little bit different this time yeah it is it's not it's not going to be your traditional us ranting about what is it what do we usually rant rant about the lions the Um, lions the lions and more about the lions (laughs) And probably Michigan and Michigan State stuff, but we that's yeah, we don't got to worry about that. But uh, we are both, I'm really excited. I know Nathan is pretty excited as well with this episode. Uh, we have a very special guest coming onto the show, uh, here shortly. Uh, his name is Chris Kulk, former uh, walk on wide receiver at USC, University of Southern Cal, uh, from the years of 28, 2018 to 2020. Uh, he has a great he's a great story uh, of how he got there and how he persevered uh, uh, a few injuries and it's just an overall I think it's a really good listen and his story is it, it's really it's really interesting to listen to uh, if you're into like you know overcoming obstacles to get to your goal. Yeah, it really is inspiring and it was great talking to him and um, I think. You know, not even just the sports fan, the average sports fan, but the average person can relate to him and be inspired yeah. by him when you hear about the hardships he's had to go through and what he's overcome to get through today. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a great guy and, you know, I enjoyed it and I hope everybody else enjoys it just as much as we did. Yep. All right. Uh, we'll send it on over. All right, everyone. Today we are joined by our special guest, Chris Kalk. Uh, former USC walk-on. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you guys so much for having me. Look, I've been really looking forward to getting on this show for a little bit. Thank, thank you for uh, taking the time for us to talk to you. I uh, heard you have, a, you have a great story, and I'm sure uh, our listeners would uh, appreciate to listen. Um, growing up, I heard you were a big uh, USC football fan. Uh, what was it like, or like, who, who were the players that you watched the most and like, were like, oh my gosh, these players are just awesome to watch? Yeah, happy to talk about that because there's so many. First things first, shout out Pathwater. They are my official beverage sponsor as well as shout out Bori, official clothing sponsor. Great companies. Link to uh, Pathwater is Chris41. You get 20% off. And um, Bori, they're just an awesome company. I absolutely love these clothes. So check them out, both of them. They're linked in my Instagram. Back to your question. (laughs) Um, Now we got that going. Uh, So growing up, you know, I was there when USC was, I was, I was watching SC when we were really, really, really good. The Pete Carroll days. I mean, so the guys that I looked up to were in that class, like Reggie, Reggie Bush, Matt Liner, Dwayne Jarrett, Steve Smith. You know, you've got Len Dale back there too. So watching those kind of guys was watching like the absolute pinnacle of what USC has been in the last freaking 50 years. I will say that, but 
I mean, I, being, I mean, I kind of, I was always an SC fan. My dad went to USC. So I definitely had that kind of disposition to love the Trojans, especially at such an early age. Quick, another quick question. What was it like watching the, uh, as many people regard as like one of the greatest college football games ever, USC versus Texas, uh, I believe it was like 2006 or something? I think it was, a, I think it was five or six. Yeah, it was, it was. It was devastating. It was fucking heartbreaking. That's how that's what it was. It was it, watching watching Vince Young run in the end zone, and then that way that the way that that game ended with the fourth down, and we ran ran it right up the gut to Lendale. It was it was devastating, man. I I I, I think I cry, I definitely cried after that game, and I was so 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 sad the next day at school. I've I've had those experiences with Michigan, so same boat really. But USC has been on a mm-hmm. much better was a was on a much higher stake than Michigan has been in the last decade or so. Last time, didn't USC, we played Michigan in the Rose Bowl the year before, two years before, right? Yeah, yeah. That two, that for two years prior to that, that national championship, USC played Michigan, I remember specifically. Gotcha. I know I was kind of going all over the place, but like when you look at USC now, I'm sure you still follow the program and stuff, but – with Lincoln Riley coming in, you know, what are to me, if I was a USC fan, I'd be hyped. Like, I think there's nothing but positives coming out of that. When you look at a guy coming from the Big 12 and he's a great recruiter, and now you look at it throughout the whole Pac 12, especially with football, man, it, you know, Lincoln Riley, he could own this conference. Well, what are your thoughts on him and with the program now? I think that the I think that the expectations at USC are inherently sky high every year. I think that the bar has been raised this year just because Lincoln got brought in. I, I think it was by far the best decision that they could have made to, as far as bringing somebody in. They needed, like, look, I'm, I, I love Coach Helton. I, I love Clay Helton. I, I have nothing but good things to say about him just because he was such an awesome dude and made my dream come true to play SC. <clears throat> or he was the guy who allowed me to make my dream come true. That's a better way to put it. But as far as Lincoln goes, he, he like, he if if this experiment works, which I really do think it will, because he's a winner. He knows what to do. He he's a, like you said, a freaking fantastic recruiter. And I've always said that if USC is good in the pack, nobody's going to go anywhere else. Oregon's going to Oregon will fall off. So will Utah. So will everybody else. Because if you're if you're a five star coming out of uh, coming out of the Southern Cal or anywhere in the West Coast area, where are you going to go unless you have like deep roots tied to one of those programs? If you have, if you're like a kid from the IE or from the Valley or, or somewhere in San Diego and you're a five-star and you're like, okay, where am I going to go? I've got offers from either Bama, you know, Clemson, Ohio state, whatever it is. And, but if you want to stay on the West coast and stay closer to home, where are you going to go? And if USC is good, no one's going anywhere else. Yeah. You yeah. saw uh, guys, I believe like CJ Stroud uh, and Bryce Young uh, got out of California to go to Alabama in Ohio state. So you saw Ohio exactly. state. Or- USC over the last few years lose out on uh, top top recruits to the other powerhouses at the time, or still are Ohio oh, State, God. Alabama. That's the thing, dude. Like Bryce Young, I, I, I don't know if y'all knew this, but Bryce Young was committed to USC. Like he was. No, I did not know that. Yeah, he was. He was committed to USC. Then I think it was after my maybe it was my second year. I don't remember exactly, but I remember he decommitted and. A lot of guys decommit. I think shit. That, that class was that class came and went. Like, then that that's just because the USC team was not that good that year. 
you know, and just, it just shit hit the fan. My first year we went five and seven, you know, it was just a complete disaster. And that was a really bad year. And that recruiting class was seriously affected by it, at least the year after, because that recruiting class coming in actually was pretty good. We had Brew, uh, who else do we have in that class? I forgot, but there were, there were some, there were some players in that class. I forgot about them though. Gotcha. Um, so take me to like, what, what found your love for football? Like what, what sparked your love for the game of football? That's a really good question. Cause, <laughs> cause I always loved catching passes when I was a kid. Like my, I never really played like organized football as far as like either flag in a league was concerned until eighth grade. And I didn't play tackle until I was like a senior in high school. Because I, I just was always baseball was my thing. Baseball was always my thing. But um, I would say that once I kind of got cut by the baseball team my junior year of high school, I just decided to start working out really hard, like really, really hard. More, more training, more, for, more training like football, like with a football mentality more so than a baseball mentality. And that could have been my own downfall for baseball, but that's regardless. Um, then when I started working out and started like, hitting the bench, doing heavier squats and that kind of stuff. And I saw these players coming in from this uh, football team at my school from coming in from spring ball and they were just there and they'd be like in the gym or doing whatever. And I'm like, these kids are clowns. Like I could be as good as them and better if I put my mind to it. <laughs> so I got, I, I started working out with that mentality. I, I convinced the fucking head coach of the football team at my high school to let me try, let me put, come on and play. And he said, sure. But what kind of drew my love for it, so to speak, was the fact that I always had really good hand-eye. I always loved catching passes and just doing that kind of thing ever since I was probably like three, four years old. So if we're going to go back to the very beginning, that's where it was. But as far as like actual development of football was going, I would say it didn't happen really and develop until I was like in my last year of high school and definitely got more serious after I left high school and junior college. Now, I saw that, you know, during your senior year of high school, you actually tore your ACL or your meniscus. Is that correct? Both. Oh, so, man. So just talk about, you know, serious injury like that. It's not just the physical toll, but like the mental toll. Like, how did you find the motivation to get back to where you were in full fitness? Because, you know, that's just not, you know, a hit on the arm. That's a serious injury. Yeah, um, basically in the jump from the jump like football itself was so new to me that I really didn't even know my, I you obviously hear about torn ACLs or whatever but you know shit doesn't become real to you until it becomes real to you that's that's the thing that one of the special teams coach SC would always say you know it's the same thing Mike Tyson would say it's like you know have a, they all, everyone has a plan to get punched in the mouth so I would say that what it felt like as far as in the jump I really didn't know how serious it was but as I began to think about it like my door, that door to play college ball was shut before it was even open. You know, like you, you're a senior, your door, your, your window is already like 0%. Like if you're starting playing ball as a senior, you're already at like a serious, serious disadvantage, let alone when you tear your ACL in your first game as a high school, as a high school football player. So your window's fucking closed, period. So it was, as that began to happen, there was a lot of shit going on in my life at that point. I was living at my grandma's house, like sleeping on the air mattress in the bed in the, like in the living room so it, it was all kind of like really really bad at that point 
and it was just a really sad depressing time even when, like at a time in high school too when you're supposed to be like carefree and careless and all this kind of shit and with your you know I was I, I wasn't and that's I'm happy that it was that way just because I was able to grow up faster and you know get my shit together quicker and even when I was kind of a dipshit I, at least I, I had some my head screwed on in certain like to, to a certain degree I mean everyone you're 18 but um yeah that injury was interesting because it I didn't decide until I want I wanted to play ball at USC and like I was completely sure about it I'll never forget it, it was I was coming off the operating table at, I actually got surgery at USC at Keck and um I, I call this whatever you want but I looked up USC's head team surgeon football team surgeon I looked at all the research and I was like you know what I'm just going to start off strong I knew I had to go to junior college for a year, two years, whatever it would end up being, ended up being two. But I was like, you know, what? I'm going to start this strong. I'm going to go to USC and do the whole thing, start in that ecosystem. Didn't really have anything to do with it, but it was just a cool idea. So I decided to, the day I got surgery, after I got off the operating table, I was sitting there probably high as a kite off of whatever they gave me for surgery. And I said, my mom and brother came into the room. And my dad, I think my dad was pulling the car around and I said, you know what? I'm playing football at USC. Like, that's it. Period. And I was like, there, there was just nothing that's going to stop me. And it didn't become super tangible for a little bit just because, you know, you're in surgery and you're doing what you can. And it, as far as like exercise is concerned, but that injury is nuts. It is for, it is nuts because it can take a really long time. It can't take up to 12 months to rehab for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's – I've no, – neither of us have gone through uh, a tough injury like that. So the mental part must have been uh, uh, very tough on you. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, in the beginning it wasn't because I really didn't know about it. I thought, like, okay, maybe I could rehab this. I'm 18. Maybe i get back to the end of the year. That doesn't happen because I suited up for senior night my at high school, in high school, and I ended up really, really tearing my meniscus that year or that game because I clicked it like – at the, it like when I cut Ooh. into it, and it was a mm. yeah. You just feel it. It's, it's, a, it's a really rough. Yeah, it's not a fun injury. Mentally though, if had I known like the severity of it, and had I really considered all the ancillary things that were that came as a result of it, it would have been a lot, lot, lot more psychologically impactful than it was at the time. Was there anything that like kept you going? besides like you wanting to play at USC uh, during like the rehab and injury and stuff? So yes, a hundred percent. The whole, the, the I, I guess I should have done a better job explaining. So I tore my ACL like August 31st of 2015. I didn't get surgery until, no, I might've been later than that. No, it might've been a little bit earlier. I remember, but I tore my, but I re, got, sur I didn't get surgery until about a year later because I wanted to see if I could still play baseball my senior year, but I ended up not working out. So I got surgery my going into my freshman year at junior college and my rehab started basically after that. So it didn't, it, so to answer your question, like in the succinct way, 100% USC football was the thing that drove me throughout that, throughout that time, you know? And if you're not internally or driven, like internally motivated or driven, good luck coming back from that. Like I know plenty of people who tore their ACL in high school, didn't take rehab seriously and now they and then they did what they did they didn't play sports like they you know they, they didn't play sports in college they didn't do play sports after that so it's it's 
it's it's it's a it's like a combination of where you where your internal drive plus your external goal it's where that means you know it's where preparation and opportunity meet so you're you know through high school you're in junior college now so are you are you playing football are you getting playing time or are you are you know any recruits or anybody from usc you know looking at you or how how did that look in junior college with you know you playing and trying to get to usc yeah so the answer to all those questions is no um, <laughs> um <laughs> no i wasn't playing no i wasn't playing time no i wasn't getting recruited um I knew that my path to USC wasn't going to be through like the typical Juco path. I knew it was going to be, I really, I, and I, I'm, thank God I knew this, but I knew that what I needed to do over the course of that year, two years, I knew I needed to develop myself as an athlete, as a player and as like a person. And that's exactly what happened over junior college. If anybody's listening who thinks like, okay, maybe I should go do something else or do this, go to junior college, find yourself, and then go, then figure out where you really want to do. Because those two years, in my opinion, were the biggest growth ones of my life. I'm, I'm, I'm completely sure about that. Anyway, I will say that what I did is I fully committed myself to working out all the time with that goal of playing at USC, you know going crazy looking exactly what like jj watt would eat what julio jones would eat i watch videos of julio jones like on the daily just because i liked him i mean his he's a lot bigger than i am as far as like mus muscular like stature at at that point you know but he was his goal his body weight and size like i was six three i'm six three he was six three he was 225 i wanted to be 225 walking on and i wanted to be a freak like julio and i made myself into a freak like julio but that kind of stuff was like day in and day out, working out, seeing my receiver coach, eating right, sleeping right, X, Y, Z. You know, you got to do your schoolwork too. If you're not, you can't get into a school like USC if you're, if you're not doing well in school. So, and somebody like myself who knew that that was going to be my path, I knew that playing at JUCO or trying to do spring ball at Mesa or whatever high, JUCO I went to wasn't going to be the path, as well as the fact that I was my first year at Juco, I really, really couldn't have done anything because I had just had surgery. So junior college route, um, I imagine you just, you then you enrolled into USC, I imagine just as like a student. Like, how did you get onto the the USC football team? Like, how did you get in touches with a few of their coaches or anything? Sure. So um, I knew, like I said, I knew I was going to go to USC and play football, period. There was not going to be any sort of like, okay, I get into the school and that's it. I, USC football was my goal. Like I was going to live and die by that. And everybody who I was friends with or friends, you know, I mean, I don't have those, like those people aren't in my life anymore, but uh, the ones who said, Chris, you're crazy to think you could play at USC. Like they invite people to walk on. You really have no shot. And I love, I love thinking about those kind of people because they do what they do now. And I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of, I don't want to say I'm like vindictive in that way, but I just sit there and laugh at them. Anyway. Um, the way that it happened was I was, like I said, training and going any, getting any possible way to get into USC football that I could. I had no idea how it was going to happen, but I knew I was going to make it happen. The way that inevitably happened was I got into USC like my, like in June or something of 2018 after my second year at JUCO. I was, like I said, working, I was fully committed and like, ready really and willing ready willing to take like any opportunity that they were going to give me to walk on i don't care if it was a tryout i don't care if it was whatever but what ended up happening was okay how do i how do i do that when the way that it happened 
the way that it happened was I was kind of a full court press with anybody and anybody, anybody and everybody that I knew, my dad knew, my parents knew, whoever it was, you know, like who, any, like a friend, I don't, I didn't care who it was going to come from. So what happened was my dad's friend who is like, who lives in Orange County, which is just South of LA and has a friend who was like a head coach at one of the big Orange County college or high schools, you know, like, you know, those big ones like modern day, St. John Bosco, Orange Lutheran, whatever, you know, <laughs> the way that it worked is that he asked him, Hey, my, my friend and son is a solid receiver wants to walk on at USC. Like how would he do this? So he gave my, he gave me the numbers for the guy in player personnel and said, shoot him a text and see what happens. There's like nothing more that I can do. And I said, you know what? That's all they were asked for in my life is a shot. So, and shout out to Steve Filet, man. He's, he is the goat. I, I will always, he always says, Chris, you did it. But I was like, dude, I, I he opened, he, he just opened the door and that was it. But I talked to the head of player personnel and basically said, Chris, like you realize it's like USC, like, Walking on is just not easy, but we'll give you a shot because you have high, like somebody in a high, like in a good position was like, you know what, I co-sign you, but we'll give you a shot. You've got a one day tryout, you know, or you can try out in spring. And I said, okay, cool. Perfect. That's all I could ask for. And I get a text about two weeks later from another guy in player personnel. He goes, Hey, Chris, like you still, you're just planning on walking on. And I said, hundred percent. So he said, get this paperwork done for me, and then I'm going to be in touch with you. I said, okay, cool. Get all the paperwork done. Bring it into him on a Friday, about a week later. And I think school had just started. So I hand the paperwork to him. He said, okay, Chris, don't leave the city today. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> and then I get a text from him later, about 15, 20, 30 minutes later. He goes, Chris, you're trying out today. Oh. Be ready. Ooh. Be ready. Oh. And I said, you know what? let's fucking go let's go so I, I that was it you know and I tried out ran my routes got in on my cuts there were a couple guys who I tried out with they ended up bringing us all on because they were all of us could play football you know everybody was good and they said you know what like Chris the big the, one of the happiest days of my life was when I got that text on September 3rd September September 3rd 2018 that said Chris we want to welcome you to the USC football team and I was nuts I went nuts and that was one of the best days of my life that's awesome that's insane to think you know everything you've gone through to get to that moment and then it finally happens like I just can't imagine receiving that text like I it's just I want to ask the question like you know did that, did you just like break down crying right there? And just, you know, all the hard work, everything, like, like this is what I've been wanting my whole life. And then you finally got it. It just explain that moment, yeah. like more in depth if, if you could, like what that 100%. moment finding out. I, I remember that moment, like it was yesterday. I'll never forget it. So I was, <clears throat> so it was a three-day weekend. It was, it was Labor Day weekend. So after I tried out that Friday, I, my dad picked me up and then, my brother was going to junior college at Santa Ana at the time. And then we decided, you know what, we're going to go back to, like we said, we're all from San Diego. So we all decided to go back to San Diego. My mom has an apartment down there, but she was in Colorado. I know there's a lot of moving parts to that, but it really doesn't matter. Regardless, we went down to San Diego and just spent the weekend down there. So it ended up being like the last time I was in San Diego for like a year and a half after that, because I was so busy with football, regardless of all that. Anyway, so she, we were all down there. 
and on Monday, my dad, my brother, and I, like, everyone goes back up to their place, and my dad and I meet my brother in Orange County, and he was staying in, like, a hotel, because he hadn't found an apartment yet, for because he's a baseball player, and we all decided to go to this drive through Mexican restaurant just over by his hotel, and I, I, I've, I've, I've told the story a million times, and it always makes me feel amazing when I talk about it, it's just, like, such an high, such a peak experience, but I need to figure out what the name of this Mexican restaurant is because it was, <laughs> it was like one of those peak, peak experiences at that place. Anyway, so we're all sitting there, you know, or your burrito or whatever the hell it is. There are a bunch of people in this drive-thru. I'm sitting in the back seat of my dad's car and my brother's in the front, my dad's driving. And I'm just sitting there on my phone, like Instagram or whatever it is. But this, and the whole weekend I was sitting there on pins and needles because they said, you know what, Chris, we're going to let you know. in like on Sunday, Sunday came and went, no text. And I was just like completely on this pit in my stomach. Just I'm so nervous. Anyway, so I get a text well, at 7.42 p.m. And I'm sitting there like hunched over, just laying down or not laying down, but like hunched over, like sitting in my, in my dad's car in the back seat. Before I could even think twice, I see Eric Ziskin, USC football. And he was the guy who was a player personnel guy at that point. I don't know where easy is right now, but he texts me and before I can even think twice, I just open it. You know, like sometimes you get those messages like, who let me take a breath before I do it. Nope. I touched it right away because I was like my immediate reaction. <clears throat> I open this message and then I see it. It's kind of long. It's like that long. And I don't know what to think. So I start scanning. I'm like, Hey Chris. And I see where I finally was able to meet up with coach about our decision. And I scan, it says, we want to welcome you to the team. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And then, I'm like, holy shit, holy shit. That's probably more what I said. Holy shit, holy shit. <laughs> and my brother's like, what the fuck just went on? I said, I just made USC fucking football. That's what was going on. And then I get out of the car. <clears throat> I get out of the fucking car and I start running up and down the drive-thru. <laughs> Literally running up and down the fucking drive-thru. Jumping all around. I'm like, let's go. Let's fucking go. I'm yelling like crazy. Everyone in that drive-thru probably thought I lost my fucking mind. But <laughs> I'm jumping up. I'm like, I'm throwing short, like throwing shoulders, all that kind of stuff. And then I'm just blown away at how happy I am. I, I didn't know what to think. At that point, I don't think I cried. I don't think I cried. I cried recently about something like that when I got brought on the WME. But at, you, at that point, I don't think I cried, but I know that I was just so happy and so elated. And there was just, it was just one of the most amazing experiences. Like that's, pure joy and pure elation in the fullest sense yeah that's that's awesome experience uh to have because of you know all the hard work you did and now and and this is your dream school like you've been you've been watching them as a kid and stuff and then you were like i'm playing at usc so talk to me like what what was like as a walk-on because obviously obviously you're not like a recruit that just got signed like what what is a walk-on's job to do at like a practice or like studying film like like what is what is your job so that's a good question because you because there's always an implicit kind of a differentiation between scholarly guys and walk-on guys at the same time like you're all on the same team there's no real bias in a locker room as far as like your job is concerned yeah but at the same time they'll throw guys who are on scholarship on scout team and like a lot of guys on scholarship are on scout team actually but what I will say is that your job, so to speak, is kind of to be kind of to deliver day in and day out and give first team defense for me, first team offense for a, def for a defensive scout team player, the best look that you can. 
especially if you have like a really competitive coordinator or position coach, because if you're not, they're going to take you out because it's, it's USC dude. Like you can't, you really can't tiptoe around that. So you're, you're, you're in there day in and day out, mixing it up with five stars, guys who are in the NFL now, like you're, you're out there running, like running routes, doing special team stuff, doing their, doing the scout for whoever it is, Utah. I used to watch film personally, just so I could get a look at what I was going to be doing that next week. I don't know if many other walk-ons did, but like, I would say that what kind of set me apart, at least as far as like going forward in my career, I mean, I'm at the biggest talent agency in the world now. And what sets me apart from people is like, I get, get places early. I work hard and I got to do the stuff that other people won't do. If you would ask all the, some of the other walk-ons would like laugh at me for watching film. Like, Oh, this is what Arizona state's doing this week. I just wanted to know, like, and that's just kind of how I am. Most walk-ons, like I said, won't watch film or whatever, but because I really don't have to unless you want to. But your job really is to give the best look to the defense or starting starting rosters you can. And at the same time, do your best to move up the depth chart. Now at USC, did you ever get in a game? I mean, I know you had a at your time when you were there, a hell of a receiving core ahead of you. Yeah, so I didn't. But the thing is with that, I, I've come to the conclusion that I don't think my story is any better if I got into a game. Look, it'd be cool to, you know, you know, log a game and like log some, like log a playing time, but getting in like victory formation when we're beating Arizona by like 25 or whatever. I don't know if that makes my story any better, but that receiving room, like, like you just mentioned, it was, it was, it was wide receiver you when I was there, that room was like the top room in the country. And I'm not exaggerating by any stretch. ESPN said it because that room was top to bottom. You've got Michael Pittman, Amon Ra, you have Tyler Vons, Munir, Drake London, uh, Brew McCoy, Kyle Ford, John Jackson. Uh, who else is in that room? Shit. And then the walk-ons, myself, Zach, and, uh, and Jack Webster. That room was top to bottom, and I, if I'm forgetting somebody, I, I I don't think I I don't think I am. But if we are, I am. I'm sorry. But at the same time, that room was the deepest room in the country. Like, like I'm just saying right now, Drake London, first round pick, top five pick this year. Michael, he he, Michael is going to have a very very good NFL career. He's already you've already seen it. Amon Ra, what did he have? Like he was offensive rookie of the year, like three weeks this year or something like that. Had the best back end of the season of any receiver in the NFL, I think. Who else? Um, Tyler, he's play, He's in the league now. Uh, Brew, five-star. He'll end up catching up. He's had some personal shit go on, but he was one of the best receivers I've ever seen. I'm trying to think. Is there anybody else? I don't remember. But Zach, like Zach's a really fucking good walk-on, too. He could be a scholarly guy somewhere. That no, but I'm saying bot, top to bottom, that room was the deepest in the country. So I'm not like hurt about it that I didn't like get any playing time. <laughs> like that's you realize who was in front of me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, here here in Detroit, we love Amon Ra. We love we love Amon Ra for what what he what he's done uh, this year, and especially being just a fourth round pick too. But uh, we we hope that Drake London could somehow fall fall to the Lions, but I, I don't I don't see how that's gonna happen. 
I saw one thing that he, I saw a draft, a mock draft. I saw it on ESPN act for it. I, don't know, I saw on Instagram the other day. It's like Drake London decide, or he needs to be in Detroit. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, we'll see him and Amon playing there again. That'd be crazy. Even, even though Jared Goff is uh, from Cal too. So we got, we got a lot of California connections. Yeah. I wonder what it's, I, I bet that's a real culture shock. When golf got traded here, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, but just going from LA to Detroit, you got to feel for a guy like I know we live here <laughs> our whole lives, but man, <laughs> it's a little rough. <laughs> I mean, that's a cold, cold up there, too. Oh, it, well, it's like it, it'll be warm and then it'll be cold, like it'll be six degrees and then it'll be 20 degrees and snowing the next day. So that's that's just what you get. Right. Oh. <laughs> That's a tough one. Yeah, but while at USC, did you have, like, uh, just a strength or conditioning coach or, like, a receivers coach that, like, you know, you were really close with that really motivated you to to get the best out of you? 100%. Big, big, big-time shout-out to Kerry Colbert. By far one of the best people that I've ever met. I love KC, man. Like, he is now the head receiver coach at Florida. Because with all the new developments of coaching, I just think that, Lincoln wanted to bring in his guy. I I think that was a really bad bad decision just because Casey's as good as it gets as far as receiver coaches go. He's he's found a home and down in the swamp. But I'll tell you what, man, they're gonna be filthy with him as a receiver coach. Casey was always there. He always loved to talk about stuff like just about you know about life too, man. Like this out a motivation and like ambition outside of football. You know, talk take talking about like people out you know kobe or whatever writing up quotes on the receiving room wall this big wall like we had a floor to ceiling whiteboard that just went all the way like halfway around the room and he'd write like good quotes from you know kobe or like some other really impactful person in history or like a really successful businessman and he'd say like you're either an and guy or a butt guy i mean like you're either like a good receiver and a good person or a good receiver and, or, but you're either shitty person, you know, or like you're really good at route running, but you really suck it with your hands or you're a really good route runner and you've got a good head on your shoulders. You know, it's the and or butt thing. Like these are the kind of stuff that you would say, and I need to find my binder. Cause I've got a bunch of those things written down. And I knew one day when I was in, in charge of something that I want to have all those kind of things like around, you know, my office or whoever, it, wherever it ends up being like in, the place where I end up like developing or whatever it is, you know, because they're just good platitudes to have, but he was the most impactful person for me at USC. No doubt. He wrote me a letter of rec when I decided to move on from the opportunity that I was in just saying like, Chris, a really solid guy. He's really smart, works super hard, like that kind of stuff. He, uh, yeah. And he did that for me and I owe him big time. And he's, he is the man I really always will love and appreciate. KC as being the person who really stood out for my time at SC. Well, where are you now? What are you doing today? Where is Chris now after graduating from freaking USC? <laughs> so right out of SC, right. Or during, while I was there, I decided to go to this entertainment company. Like I love entertainment, man. Like I, I absolutely love motion picture, music, television, all that shit. And I'm really good at it. Like I'm really good at it. It's like, it's exactly what I meant to do. And I needed to figure out what exactly, what part of the world I wanted to live in. And 
But then while I was at this other opportunity I was at previously, I was kind of just got to the point where I was waiting on a lot of other people to, you know, work through and handle their stuff. So that way I could, you know, inevitably handle my stuff because I wasn't in charge of, let's just say fundraising, for example, that's not my lane. I was 20, I was 22 at the time, I'm 24 now. Like how, how, how is that my job to raise millions and millions and millions of dollars? But I saw like the level of effort that I was putting in. It just wasn't matched by the people who I was working with. So, you know what? I said, you know what? Why would I, I've never waited on anybody in my life to help me accomplish where I go. So I said, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm out. I basically, I decided to go and kind of decide like, this is, you know what, what I want to do now. So I decided to stay in entertainment and I was, I knew I wouldn't want to go anywhere else. And what I did was, you know what? I talked to somebody who my mom knew, who's a really, really successful producer in Hollywood. Her name's Ellen Goldsmith Vane. She, she produced Maze Runner. She, and she has a bunch of different really cool. Yeah. Right. So shout out EGV every time she's, she's, she is that like, I'm, I, I love her. Like I love her so much. Like she's the most amazing woman. One of the most amazing women outside my mom and my girlfriend that they're met. Um, and she is one of my role models too. So she, her and my mom went to school to like, went to middle school together and they were best friends. So, and I'm sorry if I'm being a little bit long winded, but this all is important in the course of where I am right now. So she, I met with her over a phone call and she said, Chris, like, what do you want to do? And I said, you know what? Like, I love entertainment. Like, I know I want to be an agent. I know I want to be like Ari Gold, you know? And then she said, you know what? All right, Chris, what I'm going to have for you, what you're going to have you do for me is I'm going to have you write coverage on these books because, you know, she gets a million subs, like submissions to make movies and I need some, like she has a bunch of people to write it. She's like, you know what, Chris, like I'm going to give you some, see how we do. Like, then we'll go from there, give you experience and it'll give you like, it'll give me my coverage. And I said, you know what? That's all I could ever ask for from you. Let's do it. I write the coverage for her, which is basically like writing like a summary various notes and I say you know and she's like Chris I'm blown away at this this is absolutely amazing keep doing it for me and then at the same time I'm just going out anywhere and anything 10x effort onto anybody and everybody at an agency in LA in Hollywood and for all those who don't know how the agencies work they're what we call majors and majors are CAA WME and UTA and those are the really big majors as what you would say in the biggest agencies in the world WME is the biggest, CAA is the second biggest, and they're like back and forth, and then UTA is the third. So I was looking for any and every opportunity to come start in the agency in any way I could. So what I did is I just fucking probably sent out 4,000 LinkedIn requests. I don't remember how many it was, but it was just countless. And then from there, I got some people, and then I ended up having opportunities to go and work for every one of the majors just through persistence and everything. And I ended up getting into working at WME, the biggest and best talent agency in the world, just by 10X effort. And I'm starting at the very bottom, but that's how you start at an agency. Like you start in the mailroom and you work your way up to the top. That's, that's how it is. And that's what I'm doing now. Yeah, gotcha, that's, that's awesome. Um, since you, you've been uh, playing, you played college football for a little bit, you've seen, seen a lot of, lot of NFL draft draftees and stuff, and you've, you've done like college football life. Like, you, you know, you've done, you've balanced your school and, you know, football and everything, workouts and everything. Now that uh, name, image and likeness is a thing now in college sports, 
what 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 are your thoughts on you know players benefiting from their name image and likeness i think it was a matter of time but i've had this take from the very jump too and i was and and i ended up being right too and i will say that i'm gonna let y'all know that i was right from the very beginning (laughs) i said nil i said nil was a gold rush and boy i'll tell you what was it because the only people who consistently convert off of nil are the people at the very very pinnacle that top one percent of college athletes the quarterback from usc quarterback from alabama top receiver at lsu big time if you're like a huge volleyball player and women's volleyball player there's some in florida like you only convert consistently if you are that freaking highest tier of people and i said everybody and every anybody and everybody on that june 1st or whatever the day it made college athletes allowed to post you saw everybody posting partnership with this company partnership with that company where are those partnerships now nowhere exactly I was right. But NIL, it's good that they can make money off of it. But like I said, I don't really know how much it affects everybody who plays college sports because I don't think everybody in college sports like can deliver a consistent like at the end of the day, all these all these people who are like offering partnerships, they're a business, right? Every business like is beholden to one thing. What's that? It's their bottom line. If it's not making dollars, it's not making sense. So if, if a if they're sending free product to this a partner or a college athlete and they're posting about it and they're not converting any sales from it, then as a business owner, why on earth would they continue to do that? It's just stupid. They're not going to get any sales or at least one sale. They need to be making a lot of sales in order to justify that product that they're sending out. So I think that was a big learning curve for a lot of people in NIL was realizing just because they can doesn't mean that it's going to continue. So I think that it's really good that people can make money off of it do I think it affects everybody? Not really. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't think like anything because it's kind of new. It's going to evolve over time. But like you see, you see companies like I think it was DJ Uyunglele, who's quarterback for Clemson, mm-hmm. top recruits and this and that. And I think it was Dr. Pepper or someone, you know, sponsored him and like it didn't generate many sales from him. And, you know, I think over time, companies will start to realize like, you know, yeah, there's money in this, but how much money do we want to put into this particular person? Because like you said, only yeah. the top of the top are the ones that are making money and stuff. Yeah, I mean, how many people, like, I don't know. I mean, look, as a kid, if I saw, like, Reggie or something, like, wearing the beats for wherever, like, Caleb Williams is for SC now, I'd be like, damn, that's cool. And I'd probably have my parents try at least look into buying it when I was a kid. At the same time, like, <laughs> unless there's like a really cool, like custom cleat or something like that. I don't know how many products are like convertible. I don't know how many products are convertible because like, let's just say Dr. Pepper, like that's literally just for them to get in front of more people. It's not like they're, it's not like Caleb's like probably gonna be driving any more sales people buying Dr. Pepper because he's drinking, you know, it's just like, it's, they're hoping it's like front of sight, front of mind. At the same time, I don't know how many people are actually cashing in unless it's like a really relatable kind of product too, as far as, as far as like how a college athlete would be, would be converting off that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I got you. It's it's just, it's going to be interesting to see how all this kind of evolves as it, you know, next couple of years. And then just kind of wrap up here, you know, I guess I'll ask the cliche question, but, (laughs) 
you know, what is some advice you give someone like, or looking back at yourself 10, like 10 years ago, what's some advice you'd give yourself or a young athlete who wants to walk on at a huge college, like a USC or a Texas or whatsoever? Mm -hmm. I think the best advice I could give to anybody outside of football that is also relevant to football is that if you multiply your efforts in every sense of the word, you're going to get a result. And I can guarantee that. With football, I knew that if I worked really, really hard, went to enough people, knocked on enough doors, that I would that I would end up at USC. I knew that for a fact. Just because it's impossible not. If I knock on a million doors, I'm inevitably going to get one person that's going to say yes. The same thing that happened with this whole pursuit of where I wanted to end up as far as agency was going. If I knocked on enough doors and I had one good chess move, my life changed forever. And it did. Any, any effort like that you can give, multiply it by 10 and, and multiply it by a hundred, man. Like just, you can, you can, you can't, you like, everyone thinks like I'm tapped out. It's like, no, you're at the 40%. Like you can keep going. Like you're, you're just keep working really hard. I swear it sounds so cliche, but it really is the most tried and true advice that I could give to somebody to just work as hard as you can, knock on as many doors as possible. I guarantee you you will end up in the best place that you can. Promise that. All right. Awesome. That, that is great advice. And I think even, you know, people just not like in sports too can, you know, just like getting a job and stuff can do that as well. And, and I think that's, yeah. that's great advice. Um, but I guess uh, all, all the questions we have for you, thank, thank you for uh, coming on the show uh, and, you know, telling your story for everyone. That's awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. I had a great time. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Enjoy. All right, boys.